It's draft night. There have been trades. There's intrigue. The Nuggets have picks. Who are they going to take? Who's the next member of the Denver Nuggets championship contending core? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making this your first listen. We appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you chose, whether you're joining us on Apple Podcasts, give us those five-star reviews, Spotify, or catching us on YouTube. The best way to support the show, hit the like and subscribe button. We've gained so many followers on YouTube. It's been awesome. You just not believe the kind of support that we've gotten throughout the Nuggets championship run. We're excited for you to be excited about your Denver Nuggets on today's show, we're going to talk about the draft. We'll go through a couple of the options that the Nuggets have there. Uh, I'll talk about like what I've heard, and we'll talk about what he's heard as far as like what we expect from the Nuggets on draft night. Uh, we'll talk about stuff around the league as well. We'll take a look at what the, the draft looks like. Who are going to be the, the stars that the Nuggets are going to be competing against over the next decade, these young guys coming in that are going to be the next superstars of the NBA. Plus, we'll go over the trades that have happened and are being talked about right now, including the Grizzlies adding Marcus Smart, the possibility of Paul George moving on from the Clippers, and more. All that on today's show, jam-packed with you. If you can't tell, I'm in a great mood. I'm excited. I'm Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Morris. <laughs> He's directing content for DNVR. Uh, glad to have him with us. Check out the pre- and post-game show, and check out the draft show live all night on DMVR reacting to all of the news. Make sure to check out their great work. Adam, how you doing on a Thursday? Man, I wish I had your energy, man. I don't. So um, pick me up. Come on. I like this. Yeah. Pick, pick, pick us all up. I was tired yesterday and you picked me up for the, uh, for the, for the Denvenger. So I'm going to return the favor for you today, buddy. Uh, all right. Let's start right here. The Denver Nuggets did make the trade the other day, picking up uh, number 29, as well as what's the one in the 32, 32. 29, 32, 37. All right, so they've got three picks here in uh, the back that that chunk in the back half. To be honest with you, the way I kind of look at the draft, even though there's a big difference between those back five picks of the first round because they're guaranteed and the second round, I do tend to look at like 25 through 40 as kind of a chunk most years, as far as like the possibility of them working out. Um, Seth Partnow, who works for the Athletic and Dunked On, he's got a chart that he's working on for some some uh, article he's publishing, I think, over Dunked On that talks about like the history of the last eight years of where these guys have been placed and what they kind of become. And it's pretty fascinating in terms of there's a higher probability of like 20 through 30 actually turning into a rotation player than like the late teens, which I think is really fascinating. But in general, there's like a 43%. It makes sense to me though, doesn't it? That people in the teens are picking on upside, which is inherently more risky. Yep. I think uh, there's a 43% chance is what I looked at on his chart that looks at uh, the odds of them essentially not working out is what I'll say. It's like them not working out when you pick in the back 10. Um, And that's where the Nuggets are going to be at. But there's still a number of players in this draft. I will say the Nuggets are in a really great spot. I think players, I think in my opinion, teams are more excited about this range of players than they are about 17 through 24. And that's not just me, you know, gassing up the, the Nuggets here. It really is like there's guys on the board that could be at, at a selection point for the Nuggets um, for them that could be really exciting. I, I know that you and I have both been behind the uh, eight ball on the draft because of how late the championship run went. Do you have thoughts on, on from your perspective, um, 
let's start here with first. Have you, what have you heard to talking to people in the nuggets? I, I have like one thing I can share. Um, and then we can talk about kind of our ideas on some of the guys that might be on the board at 29. I mean, just that they're being aggressive, you know, the trades that have happened I mean, and you've even seen this reported, you know, by at places like ESPN, but that they've made these trades, but are not necessarily content with being where they are. Meaning I don't know that they're going to pick 29, 32 and 37. There might be a, another trade in the work. So I just think they're being aggressive. And then the other part of this that I've been told is that the team is not looking at the draft and really looking at the team now just as next year. They're looking at it as, okay, what's our reality over the next three, four, five seasons? We got to have a pipeline of cheap talent, young, young players. And so it's entirely possible that they draft another player that they love. When I say high upside, I don't mean star upside. I just mean high role player upside that they don't expect to play this year. So I would not at all be surprised if they take another Peyton Watson-esque player this year, or even a couple of them, if that's sort of how they're, they're viewing this. You know, we talked about the dynasty concept on the Denvengers episode yesterday. Um, I have a, I have a, a kind of a, a different way of framing this. They're not looking uh, to build, they are looking to build a dynasty, but they're not just looking to build a dynasty. They're looking to expand the empire. Like that's how the Nuggets are really looking at it. Like how do you establish yourself as an empire in the right. NBA. Um, and so I think I will say it's funny how you hear stuff and then I hear stuff. I've heard that there's like a very good likelihood, like there was skepticism expressed to me yesterday that they will move up further. So there was kind of this idea that like, okay, they made one jump and now they can maybe make another jump up. And it sounds from what I, who I've talked to was like, no, we're probably good at 29 and the two picks in, in, uh, in the second round. So that can change, obviously. Well, obviously, there's always a more – anytime you talk a trade in, in any capacity, it's always less likely than more likely. Um, Don't you think? I mean, it's always more likely that a trade won't happen. Yes, absolutely. Like, no, it, it's, it is it is absolute torture getting anyone to be like, yes, this trade will probably happen. Um, right. Like, a good example of that is over at Action, I reported earlier this week and um, got a little bit of the ag- – got aggregated – Woo-hoo. Uh, when I said that the two players I thought that were most likely to be on new teams were going to be Marcus Smart and Tobias Harris. Marcus Smart was traded – or not Marcus Smart. I'm sorry. Tyus Jones is who I said. Tyus Jones and, and Tobias Harris. Tyus Jones was traded last night, but then there's reports this morning out of Philadelphia that essentially the Sixers' asking price for Tobias Harris is uh, Raptors-esque, and so it's unlikely that he gets dealt. Um, that's how hard it is to make a trade, and the draft is even more complicated because of – the money shifting, the expectations, all of those types of things when you're moving up in the draft. Um, let's talk about some of the options here. So Jonathan Gavoni at ESPN, uh, formerly of Draft Express. I've been following Jonathan since he was running his own website at uh, Draft Express. He's currently got Ben Shepard uh, as the pick for the Denver Nuggets in his mock draft. Um, if you look at some of the other options that are on the board, there are like it does kind of get all over the place in terms of as you would expect from there. Uh, well, the name let's talk really- about Ben Shepard real quick because he's kind of interesting. Me. I mean, really good shooter. He's he's um, a great shooter and a great – not all shooters are great off-ball players. I think he's a great off-ball player, meaning he really moves well off the ball, comes off screens and shoots well, reads cutting angles, reads all of that stuff really well. So I think he's a true, um, a true shooter, you know, like a true college shooter who went through the ranks and became good at all of those things. Not very athletic. Um, he's a, he's a good passer. I think he's a good, smart team player. So he would be a very good offensive moving without the ball, knocking down open shots, passing and keeping the continuity offense going, making reads. I think he would accomplish that in short order, not hyper athletic. And if he doesn't make it, that's probably going to be the reason why. Um, and maybe not the best point of attack defender. So 
what's his upside? When you talk about unathletic guys who aren't good defenders at the stage, what are the odds they turn into great defenders? I think that's a question mark. Uh, Wasserman over at Bleacher Report in his latest mock draft today has Ryan Rupert. Ryan? 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 Rupert um, going there. Have you done any work on him so far? No. Uh, the one that I will kind of point out is James Najee. Uh, that's an international prospect. And I think that there's probably like that fits in my opinion, like uh, a pretty good fit for the, for the nuggets in terms of another big, if we're going to look at the possibility, like it's an, it's an international player out of FC Barcelona. Um, he's six uh, eleven uh, out of Nigeria, uh, born 2004. So 19, um, seven, five wingspan for James Najee. Um, that to me that's like a player that I would I would be interested in the Nuggets taking just from a hey let's go ahead even if you keep DeAndre on a minimum deal get another big in the pipeline and that way either Kamagate or Najee works out and it increases your your odds of working out maybe though that's a second round pick if he if he slides instead um, do, is it are you are you pretty much settled on are they going to just continue because you kind of mentioned this do you think they're just going to continue high upside athletic wings is do you think that's a likely spot that they continue to go in. The only thing is, is they have three picks and in one year, Calvin has done a good job of bolstering that. I mean, you got KCP, you might have Bruce coming back. I'm sure they have more Intel than anyone else about just how likely that is. You've got Christian, you've got Peyton, you've even got Jack white. So I just look at it and go, they already have a lot. I don't think you need three more. You probably want to continue to draft those guys. So I would be surprised if they didn't add at least one or two of those in this off season through free agency trades in the draft. But I don't think you're going to use all three picks on wings just to like have 11 wings on your roster. Um, let's talk Jordan Walsh. Cause I think that he's a really interesting name to talk about that might be in play here. Um, have you done any work on Jordan Walsh? Nope. Hit me okay. with it. So for me, I think that, that when you look at Jordan Walsh um, out of, out of Arkansas, he's a player that I've heard a lot about, oh, yeah. about him going first round um, that there's a good chance of, of him actually going first round. There's been some kind of, there's been a little bit of indication that um, he is likely to go in the first round. Like there just seems to be a, a whole lot of push on him. I think a lot of teams are interested in Walsh, so he may go higher, yeah. but I think he's a guy that's going to go first round. Uh, the other guy has been mentioned a lot with the Nuggets. is I, by, by the way, I like him, man. Like he's um, an intense player. He, he fits a lot of the Calvin Booth mold, I think. Plays incredibly hard, tough. Uh, flies around and then is super smart. Like he's a smart defender, defensive player. So when you talk about players having to come into the NBA, how quickly they can they get ready? I think the defense is the hardest part, but he has the things that are needed to be a, a quick defender pretty early. I like him. He's he's on my list. Six seven, so fits in the in the profile of keep him tall, keep him tall yeah. and long. Uh, the other one is Andre Jackson, who I haven't done a lot of work on. Have you done a lot of work? Have yeah. you done anything on another guy? Another. This is like my type of guy. I'm so scared of Andre Jackson, man. <laughs> yeah. Because he's he's good in all the ways I most appreciate. Super smart, great passer, great reader of the game on both ends of the floor. Um, but he has <laughs> he doesn't have the tangible skills. <laughs> like he can't shoot. He's not necessarily. He averages seven points a game. I think under seven points a game. Um, but I like him. He's he's. You know, people have comped him to Lonzo Ball without the scoring. So if you can imagine a worse scoring Lonzo, um, that might be kind of what he is. But I, lo I love that mold of player, so I'm in. Uh, there is, I will say, some thought. I've heard that at least some – this is going to – this is there is a wide range here, I think, for him. Um, I've heard teams in the, in the teens have interest in Jackson. 
like yeah. that high up. So I think he definitely goes first round. He may not be there. The other name, I will say that I've heard this one attached to the Nuggets, not from the Nuggets because they are uh, not forthcoming with our with the local media on who they're going to be looking at, is Kobe Brown out of Missouri. That's the other guy that I would I would really look at. Um, have you done any any work on Kobe Brown yet? Let me look. I mean, all these guys I've done in the last time, so I don't think I have the name recognition. I have to kind of look at Out of Missouri. Okay. Uh, 6'8", 250. And uh, shot 55% from the field and 46% from three unlimited attempts, 79% from the line. Um, so older, a little bit older than he's a, uh, he was, he's a senior coming out, but there has been a lot of buzz about him as well as being NBA ready. That's the guy that I've heard a lot about. That's what I've heard about Kobe Brown is that's why he's moved up is when in the workouts, they've been like, Oh, this kid's going to be able to play right away. And mm. sometimes you can go late first round with like, the all upside picks. So that's what's interesting for the Nuggets is they can either go like Najee, who might be a stash, or they can go with a guy like Kobe Brown, who might be more of like a, okay, you can plug him in and he can contribute. Where do, where do you go to school, Matt? Missouri. Mm. University. That's so, interesting. That's uh, interesting. That's interesting. M-I-Z. Very. M-I-Z. Mm. I, am, I am scout's honor. I, have, I, I really have heard that he is a, an actual. Author. No, no, but I'm even just saying, like, I mean, you know, Josh Kroenke's a Missouri. Oh, guy. I hadn't even thought that. Thinking, yeah, like, I'm, I'm just saying it's not Michael Porter Jr. is a Missouri guy. Interesting. But, um, and then I look, I'm looking at the ringer. I actually haven't done a scout on this guy yet. Shades of Paul Millsap and David Roddy. <laughs> I'm surprised this isn't your number one guy. <laughs> fits all of the things i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and plant my flag right there on that one well um, I, I i will say this one like again without having watched any of the tape i'm always interested <laughs> there's so many different ways to approach the draft you know the tape you know watching all this stuff but sometimes i like to just start with what are people saying about him and the weakness on him is he was bigger than people in college and that was his number one weapon and will he be bigger than people at the nba level as much as i understand that concern guys that know how to use their size and strength usually that requires technique. And so I'm always intrigued by, okay, well, like Paolo Bancaro, I think that was one of the knocks on him, obviously at a different level, but he just has great technique. And that was the part that translated no matter if he was bigger than everyone or the same size as everyone. On the other side, we'll get into what the rest of the draft looks like. I'll give you some of my insight on whatever that's worth uh, on the top guys coming in. We'll talk about Victor Weminyama, what that means for the Nuggets having to contend with that beast of a player coming in. We'll talk about all that and more on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you that today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp is online therapy. It helps you be able to center yourself, helps you discover yourself and find more balance. You know, it's easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself. It's important I think when we, we there's so much that's demanded of us, I think especially we feel a lot of pressure because of uh, social media and the internet, the connectivity that we have in today's society, I think leads to a lot of pressure. I certainly feel that. And sometimes you need to be able to get away from all that and kind of search within yourself and better helps great for helping you find ways to do that, to be able to get the best balance for yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. We'll be right back. Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us on draft day. Uh, breaking down where 
the draft is going to be at for both the Nuggets and the league. Uh, Adam, I will ask you this. How much Victor Wemanyama clips have you decided to take? It have, if, Are you like me and you're just in bed with like the Wolverine meme and you're looking at, at Victor Wemanyama highlights? I think I might be a little less high on him as everyone else. Uh, you're not the only one. So my, my guy, Brandon Anderson, who does a ton of draft work, he's obsessive. He's one of the most obsessive detailed people I've ever met. Um, over to action. Like he has an entire article about, about why he's a hype skeptic. He's very clear about like, I'm not saying he's going to bust. I'm just saying that the hype is not nearly in proportion to what he's going to be. Uh, what are your reasons for skepticism when it comes to Victor Webb and Yama? Um, I mean, it's not like anything big. I think he's going to be a great player. I just don't know that he's going to be the guy that breaks the league. I mean, that the, the bar is just so high for him, right? Of like, Oh my God, the next 20 years, he's just going to be dominant and everybody. I think he's going to be a good player that has some some of the stuff he does will and won't translate, and it'll be like most prospects. How do they develop? What do they become? Yeah, so I think for me, um, I'm okay with the idea. I think that here's how I've kind of tried to describe it when I've had these conversations. I think that Victor's coming in the NBA at the right time. And what I mean by that is there's enough ways to use him, to develop him, for him to be successful if he's healthy. So let's say that he's not an on-ball creator because that's been my guy Brandon's argument. He's like, look, look at all the best players in the league. Jokic, Giannis, even Steph to a certain degree. They're all engines of their offense. Everything runs through them and because of them. Is Victor Weminyama that? Is he going to be that much? Even though he's a, he's a gifted passer, is he really going to be that? So I understand that skepticism, but I also look at a guy like, we crack jokes about Joel for, for good reason. But Joel just won MVP because he was able to successfully execute pick and pop mid-range nail jumpers over and over and over and over and over again. If Victor Weminyama is a more athletic, more versatile offensively version of Victor, of, of Joel Embiid without the overwhelming size that Joel doesn't necessarily use all the time, that's still a really dominant player. I think that the, the pathways for him are such that he can be a franchise guy even if like, yeah, look, a lot has to go right for him to be one of these players that we talk about as an all time. It's funny because everyone said he's the most uh, hyped or talented or best prospect since LeBron. And I look at it more as like, who's the last guy that they talked about that? And it was Zion Williamson. And then before that, honestly, the bigger one was Anthony Davis. And so we look at- <laughs> I mean, it should have been Luka Doncic, but it wasn't, but it should have been Luka. Yeah. And so what we look at now is like with, with Anthony Davis, like is Anthony Davis like an immensely um, impactful player in the NBA? Absolutely. Um, could he have been more, had he been more healthy and had certain things been different for him? Absolutely. And so like, that's kind of thing is, is there an opportunity then to get in on this, on, on that development side? But like, look, I don't think that, that Nikola Jokic is ever going to – I don't even know if he'll ever play center. Like, I think you're going to have to play another big next to him. It will yeah. be interesting if this is the start of a, of a developing trend. And I think that New Orleans has – or not New Orleans. OKC has the capacity to do this with Chet Holmgren playing four if they find a five. I wonder if we're going to see really a pushback towards more two big lineups, yeah. not just because of the Nuggets, but in general that size is coming back in vogue in the NBA. Seven feet used to not be mobility, right? And now yeah. it's increasingly mobile. So maybe it's height at the four, girth at the five. And that's sort of the, the way you blend those two. Um, meanwhile, the player that I will say that outside of Vic that everyone is most excited about, and this is what's interesting this morning, Shams Charania reported this morning that 
the New Orleans Hornets are leaning towards Scoot Henderson instead of Victor. Instead of, I'm sorry, instead of Brandon Miller. Um, I have been pretty continuously, like from a betting standpoint, betting Scoot Henderson to go number two. And the reason is that from everyone that I've talked to in the league, no one talks about Brandon Miller as a future franchise player. They don't talk badly about him. Like Brandon Miller is going to be good and Brandon Miller can be an all-star. But when you're talking about franchise, there are four different franchises. I know that view Scoot Henderson as a potential MVP candidate down the line. That's a ceiling. So Brandon Miller's floor, I think, is actually higher than Scoot Henderson's when you look at the lack of shooting and how like those guards are having more and more trouble in the NBA. But the ceiling for Scoot Henderson is far, far above Brandon Miller. And I think that's why we're seeing late movement towards the idea of Scoot Henderson going second. Could be, could be. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a little, again, skeptical of Scoot as well. Um, do you think it would change anything if his name was Scott Henderson? <laughs> and Brandon Miller's name was like, you know, Bullet Miller. You know, actually, that's a bad one. I should actually really change that one for Brandon. I meant more as a shooter, sub shooter, not as a Yikes, accessory to murder. Um, uh, so I, I'll ask wow, you. Wow, that was um, tough. I'll ask you this. What's a player in the top five or ten that you're really – is there anybody that you really like in this draft? No, but I mean, like I said, honestly, most of that has to do with just, you know, the Nuggets had – their parade was last week. <laughs> their parade was one week ago. So right. – and then I've been sick for half of the time since then. Um, so no, I don't really have like a player in the top that is that is kind um, of my guy. Cam Whitmore is falling pretty bad. Um, Anthony Black is a name I think that's probably going to go higher than po- people realize. The other thing I'll say is the only other guy that that I've heard people talk about as a franchise guy is actually Amon Thompson. I think that Amon is a guy that, that teams are going to be very excited to get if they get him. Like there's a lot of belief that Amon is like the whole package. And that he's got the capacity to be that type of player. Um, I'm actually higher on Amon than I was at the start of of this process. And granted, I haven't done. I'm not a scout guy. I just like I do as much work as I can around the around the margins. Um, I do think it's gonna be interesting though as we talk about Damian Lillard in the number three pick because this situation with Scoot Henderson has massive implications for the entire NBA. If the Charlotte Hornets go in there and they take Scoot Henderson, all hell is gonna break loose because the Blazers then are either going to need to find somebody who wants Amon Thompson or they are just going to have to draft Brandon Miller. And I've been told both things. I've heard that, no, no, no. They'll take whoever's left of Scoot or Brandon Miller. And I've been told Amon Thompson did really well in his workout and they really like him. Man, that's wild. <laughs> all, of, all of this has to do with, obviously, Damian Lillard. There's a standoff that's coming if they don't find a trade. If Zion, If Scoot's off the board... Zion Williamson's off the board too. Interesting domino effect. Yes. And so that then turns into the Blazers are betting that Damian Lillard will not ask out that he won't be like, you're going to trade me and you're going to trade me to Miami the way that so many superstars do. They're banking on Dame, not doing that. Dame has put out and you can, it doesn't take much to read the tea leaves here on how Chris Haynes has reported this, that they better find an upgrade that they better get a contending team around him. There's been pushback on that in recent days where it's like Scoot and Dame have been texting back and forth trying to like alleviate that pressure. But Dame has made it very obvious from day one. He does not want to play with a rookie next year when he's trying to actually compete to win. And that's understandable. So I will tell you that if the Blazers swing out and they have to draft at that spot, and especially if they draft Brandon Miller, I think there's a very strong likelihood that, that Damian Lillard is not a trailblazer by the time their training camp starts. That's a huge domino, man. That would be a huge domino. I mean, he's been such a mainstay there. I, 
I will say this. I mean, because it does sound like Eastern Conference. Like, I, I wonder if there's a Western Conference team that is ready to scoop up Damian Lillard. Do you get that sense? Like, if he were to get traded today, what would the odds be that they goes East versus West in your mind? Oh, I would say it's like 80% East. That's what that's what I think, too. And so part of me looks at that and goes, do I think the Portland Trailblazers are going to be a threat to the Denver Nuggets next year by way of building around Dane? Probably not. You never know. Crazy things happen. Does Zion get traded there or something like that? Like, who knows? But probably not. And if he goes to the East, it's definitely not. And, you know, so I don't know. Like, the Dane thing to me is kind of weird. It feels a year too late, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, this is if they if they have to trade him to the East, they're not getting anything back. Like it's the options are bad. I think Brooklyn's a better package than Miami will offer because Miami's literally like Miami's going to try and keep Tyler Hero. I'm not kidding. Like lose who? Kyle Lowry. That's the big chunk of salary. Kyle yeah. Lowry is the first yeah. Damian Lillard. Well, that would be a bummer. <laughs> My, Miami is trying very hard to do like the sweetheart hardest of sweetheart deals. Like they are trying to position themselves to leverage this thing into oblivion. Yeah. So, I mean, they're up against it right now. That's the, and this is why I'm surprised because there's been more and more talk of like, well, they might just keep the pick and they're happy with that. That's not a good sign. Like the market has dried for number three instead of increasing. And to me, that's one, it's not surprising if they thought that Scoot Henderson wasn't going to be there. Um, but it's it's important if I if I'm Joe Cronin, I'm really working to try and get a deal done. I'm especially trying to get New Orleans to bite on this thing. And if not that, then like I here's the problem though. I don't know what contender has piece not contender, what team has good enough pieces to put around Dame that would trade those for Amon Thompson versus for Scoot Henderson. The right. gap is wide there. Right, right. Um, so it's bad times for the Portland Trailblazers. Um I will Being tell you that on a trade is the worst thing in the NBA, man. It, it really is. Number two through number 10 are all in play to be traded. That's not rare. Usually there's talks about, they at least will hold talks because it's, you might find some sort of diamond in the rough sweetheart deal. But I'll say that like the Mavericks are aggressively pursuing moving 10. Um, the Pacers are still looking at moving. The Pistons are willing to move back. The jazz want to move up. And if they can't move up, they're open to options. But I think that probably what happens is Utah probably t- takes either uh, Anthony Black, if he's there, Bilal Kublai, Kublai, uh Kobe Bufkin, or if they change their minds, Cam Whitmore. I've heard Cam slid past him at this point. So um, the Jazz are, I think one thing I will tell you, and I reported this on Action Network, the Jazz are interested in Kyle Kuzma. The Jazz want to be good next year. Like they're going to try and be good. That doesn't mean that they'll be better than Denver, but just in terms of if you're looking out, like what does the division look like? Right. Because Denver can lose games in the division. You play four times. Like they lost to the thunder a couple of times, at least once. I can't remember what the record was, but like Utah is probably going to be better next year than they were this year when they took, when they actually did pretty well versus Denver. Uh, uh, on the other side, we'll get to some of the reactions from the trade talk around the league, including the big deal of Marcus Smart headed to the Memphis Grizzlies for Tyus Jones. We'll talk about the possibilities of Paul George moving on. We'll get around the league a little bit and what that means for the Nuggets after this. Want to let you know, don't miss Locked On NBA Draft Night live on Thursday night. Pick by pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check ins from inside the NBA drafts. I'll be on that reacting to pick number 29 for the Denver Nuggets. Locked on NBA Draft Live, starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 5.30 p.m. Mountain on the Locked on NBA YouTube page. 
Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season's in full swing, and there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on draft day. Uh, Adam, so on Thursday night, Thursday was, or Wednesday night, Wednesday night was a fascinating day. Uh, Wednesday was fascinating from the perspective. There was a, a trade and agreement for Malcolm Brogdon. I'd reported on three-way talks with Phoenix for Malcolm Brogdon earlier in the week. Uh, he wants it being included in a three-way trade between the Clippers, the Celtics, uh, and the Wizards. That deal falls apart when Malcolm Brogdon's physical fails for the Los Angeles Clippers. They're no longer interested in that deal. So they reconfigure things. And instead, the Boston Celtics move Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies for Tyus Jones going to Washington. They get two first-round picks and Kristaps Porzingis in Boston. So the Wizards pick up Tyus Jones, meaning that Monte Morris could be on the move. And the Memphis Grizzlies pick up Marcus Smart. Uh, What was your reaction to the trade? Uh, I mean, it makes Boston more difficult for the Nuggets. But again, I think it's so hard to worry about an Eastern Conference team, right? Because you just don't know who's going to make it out the East or this or that. When I look at it from Memphis's perspective, I think it makes them more of who they are. Meaning, I think it'll make, I don't think it worries me in a playoffs. John Morant and Marcus Smart as a backcourt, that's not that hard to defend. You know, as good as those players are. So, my thought initially for Memphis was, huh, all right, whatever. And for Boston, I'm like, that's a really tough matchup for Denver now. Should they make it their way to the finals and Denver makes their way to the finals? So I don't think that Memphis is done. I also think that um, I actually love the move for Memphis. It gets an adult in the room, which they badly needed somebody to get their heads on straight. Marcus Smart is the adult, though. Yeah, he really is. Why do you not think that? I'm just saying I that, first of all, adult in the room – that's the toughest room to be an adult in. Like, that's not an easy one. So you need to be like an A-plus of those guys. And I think Marcus Smart, to me, I mean, I don't know him. I've never covered him. But he seems to me more like a guy that would fit into a good culture than that would establish a good culture. Um, he is extremely professional in his approach. That's what I'll say, is that Marcus, like, he had the incident in college at OK State. Um, but Marcus is extremely professional. He takes basketball very seriously. He takes his job very seriously. And that's honestly a lot of what I think that they need. He and Stephen, Avin, Stephen Adams, I think that's a good combo. Um, we'll see if they add anybody else um, to that. I think that, that I'm expecting a big jump from Desmond Bain this season. I think that he's primed for another big jump uh, in terms of what he's capable of. I think Jaron Jackson grew a lot. So I honestly think that there's like, I have a lot of optimism for what Memphis is going to be next year. Again, Whenever I talk about these things, like on this show, it's become difficult because it's like, can they catch Denver? I'm like, I just saw Denver go 16 and four. Like, you're going to have to show me, like, you can't even, like, the Suns just added Bradley Beal. And I'm like, okay, cool. You got closer. They're probably still way better. Right. Um, So, like, the bar is always going to be high here. Like, you should assume everything until we come on here and I'm like, well, okay, the Nuggets are probably not favorites. Until we see that happening, and that hey, we're gonna see it. I think we're gonna see it by Tuesday. Ooh, 
Man, I'm telling you, man, it's it's been fun being on this side of things, you know, on the championship side. Because, like, for example, I'm just watching my PHNX brothers, you know, do the Bradley Beal thing. And you think they just won the championship. You know, yeah. the hype train just runs runs wild. And then you see the odds. The Celtics get Porzingis. And now they're tied with Denver on FanDuel. I just look at this stuff and I go, it's funny the what hype – how hype plays yeah. into these things. And I just think the hype for Denver is going to be the same. I mean, they're going to be the same be. team yeah. and the hype for these other teams are going to be like, look at this. Shit. What's the new boat thing. Yeah. It could be anything like these new Celtics could be anything. They could even be champs. Do you know, uh, you know, again, this just reminds me so much of the Spurs. Like every year there'd be these massive changes and these massive moves. And then like you'd end up with the Spurs in the conference finals. <laughs> like it's, it's very, is pretty consistent with it. Um, like the only move I think that would get me to be like, no, no, like the Nuggets are chasing now is if like Giannis went to Golden State. That's the type of move that I would have to look at, it, right? Yeah. Like that's the level of impact that you'd have to have. Um, what I will say is there's actually probably. I mean, honestly, if the Lakers get Kyrie, the odds will put them ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Just because that's how it works. Yeah. But you also, I, I want to, and as somebody that does the odd side, let's be very clear on this. The odds makers, I, I, they love the Lakers. Yeah. And by that, I don't mean that they like the team. I mean, yeah, they, they love the love them. come in. They're good for business. Yeah. And so they're able to move these lines down and take money. Like they take money on bad lines on the Lakers because of the amount of public money that comes in on LA. Right. Um, so that's part of it. Oh, uh, Tamer actually got to something I want to talk about. Milton opted out of 40 million because he's tired of playing with Giannis. The actual conversation about that is that he's actually going to resign. There's a lot of confidence now around the league that Middleton's going to re-sign with the Bucks. The reason I think that the, that's a positive development for the Nuggets is I'd heard the Grizzlies were very high on trying to add Chris Middleton. And I think that Middleton would – like, if you got Middleton and Smart to add to that core – I mean, Middleton <laughs> – that's a funny way to phrase it. If you added Middleton and Smart to that core, yeah, it would be a big deal. Yeah. Middleton's so, a great player, man. I mean, he, yeah. he's the type that fits on every team. So, so Middleton staying East, I think, is is pretty great. Um, and then the, I just think that what about surprise names? I mean, Paul the George. Mean, the meanest thing anyone's ever said in this chat. Matt is the Facundo Composo to Adams, Austin Rivers. That is the meanest thing yeah. anyone's ever said. Haters abound. Um, so I think um, Paul George. Like I've seen his name, you know, pop up in real. Like he's not. There's not like a rumor. Of, oh, he's going here or there, but. I just would you be surprised if there is a that type of rumor that picks up steam and out of left field like oh my god I had no idea Drew Holiday was even being considered traded. Yes, so I think we've already surprised. like Marcus Smart is a, even a guy that you have to understand how important he was to the Celtics culture, right? So when you look at the uh, possibility, they have a good culture though. When you when you think about the possibility, <laughs> this is my point, man. I'm yeah, not saying made, he's a bad okay. guy. I'm just saying okay, I they, don't they, know that. He's going to save they've a culture. Memphis is a hundred times worse. They've made four conference finals. Yeah. In, in like five years. Like, yeah. so um, here's <laughs> what I would say is the internal value of market. Like what you're talking about is like the external value. There's market value and there's internal value. And this is the problem with the Raptors, right? Is that everyone's external value of OG Ananobi is a fraction of what Masai Ujiri's value on those players is like, your internal value of what these guys have meant to not only your team and the bat, because we see the basketball side, we don't see the work ethic, getting in the weight room, being a leader in film session, all of those things that make your organization better. We don't see those things. Right. And so we don't factor them into the analysis. So what I mean, what I mean, the reason I get to this is I still think that 
there is enough volatility right now that there is a lot of things that we can see. Like there's a bunch of teams that are unstable. If James Harden leaves the Sixers, I don't know what happens. I don't know what the next thing to, to happen there is. Um, uh, Embiid gets traded. If Kyrie Irving leaves the Mavericks, I don't know what happens. The Mavericks are trying to make big swings right now to try and actually build around that team. The Hawks are a team, for example, that like you could say that team was not good. I would have to agree with you. But like, again, it's Trey Young is off the board. Everyone else is, Why is he off the board. I don't know. I had heard that they were actually considering moving and then there's been a swing back the other way. I think it's mostly ownership that loves him. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, I w- I'm just wondering tonight, it sounds like you're very low on it, but I just wonder if there's a name that pops up where we're all like, oh my God. What? No, I, I think that there's a giant possibility. When you have when you have Scoot and the, and the possibility of Amon and there's so many picks in play and you have the new CBA, you have all of these factors. There is a air of uncertainty right now around what the league's going to look like right now that I can't remember. Can I, can I throw I out a few like, names then? Can I, let's play this game. Can I throw out some names? You give me like a scale of one to 10, how shocked you would be if they got became like likely trade candidates. Okay. Fire. Jalen Brown. Three. So you would not be surprised at all. No. There there's is, been, so much, there's uh, been so much talk about it, but with Jalen Brown, I will say that like, I heard stuff at the deadline about like, don't be surprised if Jalen gets moved. Like, okay. I don't think he wants to be there. This is right. the problem. The Celtics can't, they will be devastated if he, if they have to trade him, but if he doesn't want to be there, that changes the equation there. I just think with this move, it seems more like they're running it back, but you never know. Mikhail Bridges. Uh, nine. Okay. John Collins. One. <laughs> wow. Zach Levine. Uh, seven only because I hear the market for him is non-existent. Oh, really? Nobody wants him. Huh? Nobody wants him. Wow. Nobody. Demontis Sabonis. Uh, ten. Clay Thompson. Six. Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's a fun game. Depends on who you talk to. Really. Uh, one side that is close to the wolves says I should be a 10 and okay. one side that is, and not one side, uh, one side made up of several people that is not close to the wolves say I should be at a four. I'm, oh, here's one last one for you. And I just want to get spicy and have some fun. Joel Embiid. Seven. I think that's right. I think that's right, which is to say you would be surprised. But a month, a month, a month ago, a month ago, I would have said four. Oh, really? So you feel like things have settled? Yes. I I just look at it and I go, Embiid, if if Harden, if there's some stuff there where it's like we're not sure, and you're going to run back with not a great team. I mean, as much as people love Maxi, we just watch the playoffs, man. Like Maxi and Embiid, is that really going to go unseat everybody? Be realistic. So I don't know. I just look at that and go, does the beat really want to go into a season next year with the like seventh best odds to win a title? And, and, and we know Miami wants him. Could you see a bam cat and beats rotation where somehow trade works out where they all kind of go different places and beat ends up in Miami where he's been rumored to for the last several years. Man. Bam and beat is the only guy I think they would trade bam for. That's that yoke. Like that's the only guy that they would do the trade for. And then um, and then Bam ends up next to Gobert with a super front court defensively. Yeah. Um, 
a couple other names. DeJounte Murray being talked about. Mm. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to go through the rest of the conference. OKC is dead quiet. They always run silent. They always, I'm always impressed with the OKC about how silent they run. Um, Draymond's going back. I heard that, I've heard that there are numbers already on the board for Draymond. Okay. And he's going back. So he's staying with Golden State. Okay. Um, and then I will say this the Knicks are not looking for like small moves again. Like they are looking for this is, they got reported, Ian Begley of, of SMY reported that he's in connection with their, that the Knicks are in connection with Paul George. I will say that like at this point, I, I'm not expecting Paul George to get traded. I will say that once you crack, the door on trading a franchise player like this, it is very rare that it doesn't happen because at some point Paul George is going to be like, all right, man, if you don't want me, get me out of here. Like I came here. I want to build something great. We always, our problem has been injuries, but it just sounds like the Clippers are, are ready to, to try something else. I guess to try and get something more stable next to Kawhi, which I think is unfair to Paul George. Who's had legit injuries and has had like, real freakish stuff happened to him. I still like Paul George a lot. I'm Me too. Here. Paul George, one of my favorite players. I still wish he'd be a nugget at some point. Um, all right. That's going to wrap I'm it like up for Locked on Nuggets. For... High, on, high on Paul George. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us. I will be, so here's the game plan for tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a solo episode, 30 minutes tonight, wrapping up the draft for the Nuggets. We'll talk about what the impacts are, what I've heard about them. We'll go around whatever the league impacts are, and we'll hit those from my perspective. Tomorrow morning, Adam's going to give you his thoughts on the drafts. I'm heading to the mountains for a few days to get away with the family. Uh, shout out Steamboat Springs, my favorite Colorado destination to go to. Um, we'll be back on Monday, and we'll regroup, and we'll start hitting free agency talk, and there will be more stuff over the weekend for us to break into on Monday. Make sure to give us those five-star reviews and make sure to, to subscribe to YouTube. And if you know somebody that's like, was just, you run into was talking about the nuggets, be like, Oh, you know, what was really great. was listening to lockdown nuggets the whole way. That's like a great way for us to, to, for you to spread the show and support us for the work that we put in. We appreciate every single one of you have yourselves a great week guys. Enjoy this beautiful Colorado weather. Stay safe. 